This is the This Will Get Better podcast. Uh, today we have Lindsay Meldon on, and uh, she's going to talk, we're going to talk, probably get into all sorts of stuff. I'm super excited about this today. So um, I guess first off, what's what's the th- like the thing, you know, we kind of talk about things that you st- people have started, like what's your thing that you're doing? My thing? Um, I... It's hard to put a name to it, but on Facebook, it's called Reading Barefoot with Lindsay um, okay. because I sell barefoot books. Okay. That's the publishing company. Um, and then, but it's morphed into this beautiful, fun adventure of traveling story time. <laughs> so that's kind of what I've been leaning into more in the last couple of months, but I also sell books too. And then, so kind of the big question then, how did you find that? Yes. So I have always loved books, generally have a special warm place for children's books. And so at some point, I I really can't remember the exact timeline, but my when my oldest was getting to the age where we were getting really excited about picture books, I found this one particular book that on the back was like, I've never heard of Barefoot Books before, you know, just like the little logo. And so I looked them up online and then found out that they had this ambassador program, which is basically like um, like the multi-level marketing kind of idea of how to sell books. And at the time, I was like not in a, I was about to have my second child and I was like, okay, well, this would never work, but cool that like maybe I could do this fun thing where I like really get to just immerse myself in kids' books sometime down the line. And so then when my third child was born, I had a friend who reached out to me on Facebook, the way that multi-level marketing does. And I was like, oh my God, those are those books that I found and that I love. And so we just got talking and it just ended up, sorry, I just hit the mic. Yeah. So then it just felt like the timing was right. And that was about a year and a half ago. Okay. And so I kind of made the jump to get my, my first go at selling the book. That's cool. And then you said traveling story time? Yes. So the the children's books I started, you know, it's like very much the traditional, like you have like house parties or you reach out to schools and like there's this kind of a standard mode for how you like get your name out that you're now um, selling these, selling the books. Um, and so I did that for a little while and I am not a natural salesperson. Like that's just not really my personality, but I'm like, well, this is so true to who I am. It's such a natural thing for me to just my love of literacy, my love of kids and like kids books. Um, I'm like, we'll just see how it goes. And, um, and it, and it worked for a little while and I have an amazing just support group of friends and like mom friends and family who were excited for me when it first started. Um, but shortly after I started selling, this new coffee shop opened in my neighborhood and I went and I spoke to the owner and I was like, hey, have you ever seen like where someone will come in and do a story time like on a Saturday morning and draws in young families and then parents can enjoy the coffee while the kids are enjoying story time. And she was like, oh, I love that idea. And she's just a super creative and like open person. So was really excited about it. So we tried it for, I would just pick two Saturdays out of the month. Um, because, well, my husband was running for city council at the time, so we were, like, had no spare yeah, time. No, time for, <laughs> um, no but time for learning. No, or no time for, like, oh, who's going to watch our children no, while we're so both, like, yep, running a million different things. Doing oh things. So, it, but it was great, like, and it had a really good response, and families started coming and really liked it, and so now we're every week. And then kind of, again, the timeline's fuzzy, but, like, eventually it was, like, I met a mom 
at Storytime at the coffee shop who then was like, would you come to our community center? And once a month, we just have like a toddler play date. And would you do a story time there? And then this summer, I've had people reach out to me about like their summer camps or like VBS. And so I've just kind of like traveled all over the city doing like I was at a little neighborhood festival last weekend. And it's oh, been super awesome. fun. That's super cool. Yeah. So the first book. Mm-hmm. That do you I remember read. what it was? Yes, I do. It was um, My Daddy is a Pretzel, <laughs> which is a yoga book. <laughs> so it's like the kids. Oh, I've read that one. So the kids will yeah. say like my, well, it ends with my daddy is a baker. And so like he's a pretzel and then they do a pose. And then it's like my mom's an architect. So they do triangle pose and my dad's a marine biologist and they do dolphin <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So that was the first book I read. That's cool. So what is, what is it about these books or that book that was like? Mm-hmm that drew you in yeah so that book in particular I just thought was so sweet and I loved the illustrations um and I'm really drawn to like anything that is focusing on uh mindfulness and helping kids like get in touch with their feelings so that that particular book just encapsulated so many things which then I found out later is really what barefoot really stands for so Mm. they they just let their main like uh genres of books are like social emotional so helping kids get in touch with the feelings um, global books, so we've got a lot of books that are like uh, classic story, just classic fairy tales that are retold like from different regions of the world. So I love those kinds of books too. Yes, love they they focus a lot on illustrations, which I think I've always like you know the whole like don't judge a book's book by its cover. I totally do, and especially <laughs> picture books. Like I've read so many picture books where I'm like, oh, if this had better illustrations, I might like the story. <laughs> right, like right. I just have to be drawn in, and you can get away with if the if the pictures are just breathtaking, then the story can kind can of yeah flex a bit. Yes. On its quality. Yeah. So they beautiful stories, beautiful illustrations combined with like heartfelt stories, um, and meaningful. I mean, I love they they care about the planet. So a lot of them will talk about animals and animal homes. And then at the end of the book, so a lot of the books are geared for little kids. So let's say like two to six year olds. So there might be like this simple story about a seahorse, but then at the end of the book, it'll have the two page spread about like tide pools with actual facts and like kind of extended learning or extended resources, which before I had my children, I was a teacher and I was a science teacher in particular. So having those types of books where they really kind of let kids get a glimpse into the real life science and the just touches my heart. So (laughs) Yeah, so they're just really great books. Um, actually, I kind of want to go back even mm-hmm. farther because I want to get a picture of like who Lindsay is a little bit more <laughs> and a little bit more context because uh, yeah, we all kind of actually go way back. We do. <laughs> um, so yeah, can you kind of give us like who's Lindsay? Where'd you where'd you come up for? Uh, you know. Yeah. Come from? Um, well, I mean, we knew each other in, like, middle school. <laughs> I don't know if we want to go back that oh far. Gosh, yeah. <laughs> um, when I graduate, well, so, okay. <laughs> I don't want to tell, tell, take too much time telling, like, my whole life story. After high school, let's start there. I went to college, and my first year of college, I went on this, like, basically glorified oh, camping yeah. trip. And I feel like that kind of sets the stage in some respects because, so basically for nine weeks, I was just camping and learning about geology and environmental science, stuff that I had literally never learned about ever in my entire Mm -hmm. life. Um, On top of like experiencing these amazing places in the United States that I'd never visited. Were you homeschooled? I wasn't. You were, okay, I didn't think so. Nope, I went to Toledo Christian. Okay. um, K through 12. And 
so yeah, I just didn't, I mean, not many schools teach like geology as an elective anyway, but um, definitely didn't experience anything like that. Really had only gone camping a handful of times, yeah. Creation Festival oh, being yes. one of the big ones. Which, <laughs> which is like brutal camping. It is brutal camping, <laughs> but not, not like wilderness camping. Yeah, it's like no. a different sort of Here's hard. Here's a potato field, <laughs> <Yeah>. sweltering heat. <laughs> yes, or maybe like a mudslide, yeah. like depending on yeah, if you get a dry year or a wet year. Oh, yeah, so that was a different kind of camping. This was like Zion National Park and the Grand Canyon kind of oh, camping. Man. It was crazy. Learning about like how to protect yourself from bears and mountain lions. and <laughs> So it was just like all around a huge eye-opening and like life-changing sort of experience. And I came back like, well, I'm going to study the world and the planet for the rest of my life because science is the coolest thing ever. Um but didn't know how to actually do what I wanted to do with my degree. Ended up in education. So my degree is in high school, well, 7 through 12 science education with my focuses being life science and earth science. Mm. Again, which a lot of schools don't really offer a ton of earth science, but that's, I really, basically any anything that, the sciences that will get me outside and get my hands dirty and like petting animals and yeah. growing things. Like that's the science oh, I like. That's so cool. Um, so I did that, and then I taught for a year. I taught biology for a year, and then I had my daughter, and I really liked being home with her. So then I stayed home and had my other two daughters. And so I haven't been back to the traditional classroom, but I feel like um, I've homeschooled a little bit. My my oldest is about to go into third grade. She's going to start her first year at traditional school, or and um, but I'm going to homeschool my middle for another year so I've been scratching that teacher itch for a while um and obviously the books and literacy kind of lend itself to that too and it's funny because like when you're 18 like when I was 18 19 20 you couldn't pay me enough money to be an elementary school teacher like no but now looking back I'm like oh right that's because I was the same age (laughs) as the students so I was like oh I get these kids like because I was that like So, like, I felt like I could relate to them, but now I'm, like, I would, I think I would love to be an elementary teacher, mm. an elementary science teacher. That would be oh, so man. fun. And, yeah, and just, so the story time has really, like, opened up that side of me, and my own children has obviously opened up that side of me that now I just really relate to that age ah, in a different so sort cool. of way. <laughs> yeah. You so. uh, had mentioned the books, uh, or the, uh, Barefoot kind of has this track towards emotional, mm-hmm. um, how do you explain it or what? Social emotional yeah. like learning. Yeah, they just they'll have they they have stories that will focus on on the main character experiencing a strong emotion and then how to handle that in a healthy way, mm. which is just a beautiful thing. Um, yeah. and it can be anything from um you know, the adjustment of a new sibling, a baby and like the loneliness that you might feel or the anger you might feel. Um other uh, there's one beautiful story um about a boy who's just different and so he it's i mean it's very quirky and whimsical he grows flowers out of his head (laughs) and so like the kids make fun of him and like talk about how his family is really weird and different and then he meets this girl who she like appreciates that part of him and so he's always giving her flowers and like you know so just this idea of like kind of putting into um telling those big sort of stories those big true things um, in such a simple way. I mean, they speak to me all the time. Like, I think any adult can read these stories and learn, and learn right. too. Oh, man. Um, but to think of kids starting so young and getting that foundation of healthy emotion, healthy emotional um, life. Right. You know. 
is so yeah so important that's one of those things i'm super curious about right now is how do you actually teach emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and then be aware of your own emotional <laughs> intelligence oh my gosh lack thereof. yeah <laughs> and like uh, i'm pretty sure my girls feel emotions way more intensely mm-hmm. maybe because i've figured out how to shut that down mm-hmm. and then like there's been so many conversations i've had recently where um like not middle-aged like 55 to 65 year old men like oh, i just did a wedding yes and um had such a blast and um I do weird weddings like that's (laughs) just what I try to do I don't want to say anything that's ever been said at other weddings I swear I make inappropriate jokes like incorporate science I tell them that marriage is a dumb idea oh my god (laughs) it's great this is so consistent I feel like with everything (laughs) the person you're about to marry you're about to completely change so enjoy that process good luck Uh, but anyways this last one I did was my best one ever uh and there was an overwhelming amount of guys within the age range of 55 to 65 Mm -hmm. who came up and was just like i don't know what that was but i needed to hear that you know and so we started digging into their like life and story it was just really interesting because they're all in these they're either been divorced or going through a divorce and their kids don't talk to them Mm -hmm. you know like these are the kind of and it was like me looking back, talking to them and kind of reflecting on why, are, why is this same conversation happening? And some of it is like the conversation around masculinity, mm-hmm. right? And like, I'm a protector and I'm a provider. Mm-hmm. And both of those roles, if you, those guys have bought into it, like it just creates, I need to create distance between my relationships and not feel fully, right? And mm-hmm. so it's just really interesting seeing this whole group of guys who, um, it seems like, and I'm, I'm at risk of that too, like just ignoring emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and trying to develop and grow it. And some of the books that I've read from Barefoot are like, oh my God. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're a puddle by the end. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about that feeling, uh-huh. oh, which is really cool. Um, uh-huh. So I just, I'm super, and I'm trying to figure out for church stuff, like, um, kind of like, how do, could our Sunday morning kids programming just totally be revolved around emotional intelligence? Mm-hmm. Um, and the text is something they can mess around with later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. we've yeah. been, I feel like every year that we do VBS at our church and, <coughs> and we don't do anything that's like specifically social emotional, I'm like, we're missing it guys. Like yeah. we're missing an opportunity here right. because we get random kids from the neighborhood. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, if we should be to only talking about how to be a good friend <laughs> right. yeah. and how to be a peacemaker. Right. Like if we're, oh my gosh. and we don't, we just like, I don't know. Let's sing these songs. Sing crazy and... songs and act silly. And it's great. And we, I mean, totally. our VBS, especially even this year, it got, it was a different sort of, they were talking about courage and you know, they, they have yeah. themes and things oh, and it's yeah. beautiful, totally. but we could do a lot yeah. better by them. I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would love to, have churches just be that space of like where do I teach my kids emotional intelligence mm-hmm. oh I could go to a church to do that That'd yes be super interesting yes. have you ever read emotionally healthy spirituality no heard of that? who is that <sighs> that sounds amazing 
I, Peter, I miss maybe? our like, have you read conversations? <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> Me too. Well, now I need to get my phone and get my Goodreads out. <laughs> yeah. I will find out who it is, but um, oh, I'm sorry. Last, oh, we went and saw Brian McLaren at Lakeside. Yes. It was kind of the, that was so freaking That was weird. so good. I was sad that there wasn't anybody this year. I know. That was a bummer. I heard a rumor that Nadia Volts Weber is going to be there. I think you teased me with that rumor, and, and I totally got my. I know it. Sorry. Heart set. Oh man. Oh, and I. So sorry, everybody who's listening. You don't get to experience this. I remembered that I have old pictures. <laughs> no. <laughs> from a camping trip that we went on. <laughs> Nervous. Oh <laughs> yes. This uh. is the best. It is so good, everybody. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, trip. don't look at my hair or my braces, but everything <laughs> right. else about it. The that memories like, of that trip are wonderful. Wasn't that we went to Jeremy Camp's concert? Yes. Up at my grandma Oh, Bobby's. my gosh. Yep. Yeah. Jeremy Camp. So many campfires and running yeah. on the beach. Yep. And, and crying wood. after Jeremy Camp concert. <laughs> Kate needs to be in the room right now. (laughs) Nostalgia. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, those are fun times. Well, I found Peter Scazzaro, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, um, changed my life like Mm. eight years ago or something now. And I feel like I'm still growing. I mean, that's probably um, your emotional health is probably a lifelong journey. But yeah, um, yeah, I feel like with my kids, I just constantly resist the urge to like um, stop their feelings like I just have have to constantly just be like okay they're feeling a feeling right now it's fine it's fine it's fine telling myself like this is my mental my internal monologue because it's just like I want to be like stop it just stop it just stop it it's fine and 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 sometimes Mm -hmm. like they need to learn like okay the situation is over it's okay now we can take deep breaths and move on but like sometimes we're just so quick to have that adult reaction of like calm down right And because we have our adult perspective, so we're like, okay, your doll being put away, it's not gone forever. Like, you just need to move on. But, like, in that moment, just, like, reassuring them and being like, yeah, that probably does feel really bad. Oh, totally. That Mm. that thing is gone and you really wanted it. And, like, you know, just kind of – and that flexing our own empathy muscles. But that's a whole other (laughs) – Just empathy alone. Yeah. I think that that's something that, um, going back to Barefoot for a second, that I just really love about the books is that I just don't think you can read, almost any story that you read is going to challenge you to empathize, Um, some more than others. I mean, Mm -hmm. some are just like the secret seahorse where you're just trying to find a seahorse and they're (laughs) just silly and let's learn about tide pools. Um, But almost almost at least 50% of the stories when you read them, you're just like, okay, this person is different than you. This person is experiencing something different than you. This person looks different than you. Um, what can we learn from them? Yeah. How can we feel what they're feeling? Yeah. If not an explicit, one of my favorite stories is about, um, these little kids on the beach. It's just called out of the blue. It's like the most simple, basic story, but there's a, there's a storm, a squid, a giant squid washes up on the beach and the next day everybody sees it. And all the people are scared because it's big and scary and they all go running away. Well, then the little boy and the girl like are using their, their binoculars and they see that the squid is actually crying. Mm. And so they go and help him. Right. And that's like right. so simple, <laughs> so basic. Like 
And I'm like, but it's so beautiful. And if yeah. you're reading it with a child, you can like lean into those things. Like, how do they know that the squid is sad? How? By looking at them and seeing how they're feeling and feeling, you know? So just it's just really sweet. Man, that's really cool. Yeah. Favorite books. Did you have favorite books growing up? Oh my gosh. Yes, it would be Harry great. Potter. So, funny story. <laughs> I do love Harry Potter. Okay. I am one of those people. So sorry if I just like, mm-hmm. you know, no. alienated half of your the people <laughs> listening to this or something. All three of you are now alienated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> or, or alienated half of this room. I don't know how you guys feel about Harry Potter. Yeah, I, uh, real quick pause. Yeah. Um, one of our few very dedicated listeners is Chad. I don't know if you remember Chad Levere. He was, of course. Yeah. He's, hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Do you number, like number Harry one Potter? fan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I, I call love it top it. ten listener. What a good friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Harry Potter. No. I uh, so we it was like being released in our childhood, mm-hmm. and I never read it. Like looking back, I would have been that kid waiting up at midnight to oh, like get yeah. the next book. But you know. I know. Harry Potter was the devil. The devil. Oh, yeah. The devil. I mean, I'm I started sure it was reading it at for a 18. Like, yeah. It was like... I read it on a whim in college because because a friend of mine was taking a college course where you literally read the entire series in this course. It was like a literature course, mm. and you just like read it and critiqued it and talked about it. And I was like, that's a thing? Like, Harry Potter is that big of a deal that they have college courses about? This is so I weird. I thought they were just for burning. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're into the occult, you might like it. <laughs> and so I don't even remember. If, I might have gotten the first. I might have read the first one at, or listened to it as an audiobook, Like oh, when man. I was cleaning and just like it was not. <laughs> and I, who knew that I would fall into this black hole of just like Harry Potter world. Yeah. So I so then I loved it. And then I was like completely angry and bitter for a while that my childhood was deprived, robbed. robbed. Of Harry Potter. Yes. I feel it. I was like, fine, TCS, take my Pokemon, take, like, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, (laughs) my PG-13 movies. Oh, yeah. But give me Harry Potter. (laughs) No, I so... What were you at? Yes, my like favorite, favorite books. books yeah. up. As a kid, I had a few favorites. The ba- at the back of the North Wind. Mm, did you ever read that? I dude. just I don't know what it, I need to read it again because I just remember having like physical feelings like so strong when I read that book. I just read that for the first time like two years. Did ago, you? And I was like, what the heck? Yeah, I think I read that in like fifth or sixth grade, and I just remember being like, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing ever. I also loved. Um, I mean, I just always loved reading. Um, I just had such a like diverse. I loved Greek mythology mm. as a kid. Oh, that makes. I mean, me it's have... it still carries over now, but yeah, that wasn't banned. No, well. Or that was just secret. Yeah, that was <laughs> undercover. <laughs> undercover. <laughs> no, I don't remember that being. I think it's more because if there had been one, like if what's that book that's out now? Um, there's like a. There was a movie that came out about it too. It's like a boy who basically gets like the the superpowers oh, Peter Peter Jackson? So, yes, no. Percy, Percy, Percy Jackson. Percy, Peter like if Percy Peter Jackson, Jackson had been out when we were in school, it might have that might have yeah. been a problem, but like the traditional Greek myths maybe weren't. Right. But like my parents would just let me go to the library and be like, "Well, get whatever you want." Right. And so I would just scour the kids section. So I that was just my own like I got on a whim where I was like obsessed with that's really Pegasus cool. That's and so cool. Yeah. <laughs> but now looking back, I'm like, oh, it's because myths. 
are yeah. they touch so like huge. they speak to the core of who you are. Of course I did. Like of course I liked that. Um so those and I really liked A Wrinkle in Time, which they mm. just made that movie just came out too. Not as good as the book. Okay. Well spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> For every <laughs> right. movie turn. Turn, yeah, book turn book. Yeah. Um yeah. Back at the North Wind and Wrinkle in Time were two big ones for sure. Um, That's cool. I, yeah. Back in the North Wind is a good one. Uh, myths. I are there any of those um, myths that you feel like are relevant to your life or things that you see right now or things that maybe just a story that sticks to you or is stuck with you? I'll learn to talk someday. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like that's such a big question. I want to really think about it. Yeah. I can't think of one myth in particular That's cool. that has been resonating with me recently, but I now more than ever, where I think my original love for books was my, my more like quiet introverted personality. Like there were certain things about my personality that was like, of course you were gonna be a book lover. I loved the craft of writing very early on. Mm. I was always like writing little goofy stories and short stories and stuff from elementary school. I feel like now I appreciate the power of story and myth just so, so much, much more profoundly than I ever ever did. I just loved it for the visceral reaction that it was giving me as a kid. I couldn't Heck articulate yeah. what I like loved mm. about it. Um, and now I'm just like. Story, story, stories, night and day. That's why I love beer and Bible night. That's why I'm so. Ex- that's why I was like so excited when you asked me to to do this because I'm just like I love going to beer and Bible night. I love talking to you guys because it's just about hearing people's stories, right? Yeah, and it just speaks to me in such a powerful way. Yeah, what is what is the power of myth? Like, what is? How do you? Because like there was a time in my life in circles like the word myth was equated with like falsity and lie pagan yeah yeah, (laughs) right right so like what what is beautiful about myth yeah I think for me myth has morphed into this like beautiful truth telling Mm. like I associate myth with truth now in a way that yeah I never did or like was allowed to (laughs) or something um and even thinking of sacred text as myth is no longer scary. It's really like energizing and cool. Yeah. Um, and inspiring and illuminating. Like I like thinking of the people who are actually writing it and formulating it and they're like the context, the, the non industrial revolution, like pre pre literacy in some cases, you know, like, and they were developing these stories and telling these truthful things in a way that now where we feel like, oh, you know, whatever, post-enlightenment, we're like, we just have it all figured out. Right. We have all the facts. We, we have all the, the data. We, yeah, the yeah, formula. We Google. Exactly. <laughs> like, we have answers for everything. Um, and before all of that, they were telling these, like, powerfully true things yeah. that have stu- li- literally stood the test of time, <laughs> clearly. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Myth. I mm. do love that word now. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I also love, um, and maybe in the last couple of years, being freed from the idea of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, 
reading a story or teaching a story for like morality's sake, like the moral of the story, yeah, like letting a myth or a story just kind of stand on its own. Um, and I think that talking to kids while you're reading a story and talking to kids after they read a story is very powerful. Um, but without just saying like, and what did you learn or, yeah, you know, or what did the main character learn? How did they learn their lesson? Or, you know what I mean? Like just letting the story be what it is. So what does that look like? So I'm a, so you do a sip or uh, not a sip, <laughs> sip coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, well, we call it sippy cup story time. Oh, yeah, that might right, be. Yeah. Sippy right. cup that's is the, in that's the weekly one that I do. Yeah. Um, so you read the book. Mm-hmm. Are you doing conversation with the kids after? Is it like, here's the story, guys? <clears throat> it's less because of the dynamics of like right. reading it with a group. Children. Yeah, and small <laughs> children. Um, but we've definitely had weeks where, like, I love to read that out of the blue story about the squid, um, where depending on the group of kids, you, I've said things like, <laughs> Um, when was a time that you felt sad or when was a time that you saw somebody who was sad and like, what did you do? And that's less like, see how nice the boy was to take mm. care of this, you know, take right, care of his right, new friend. Right. It's more like leaning into what the story was teaching, but letting them come to that. Yeah. Like, uh, take it out into their own context and their own world. Yep. Um, so that's probably the most, that might even be stretching a little bit. Cause I'm trying to remember the last I time we really took at sippy cup, but in general, like with my own kids, yeah, we are much more likely to like read a story and then I just sort of let them marinate it in it right. for a while. Because like their question, their questions will come. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Claire always surprises me sometimes. The oh, questions yeah. that come, like it's like, oh, you think about like you think about yes. that. Oh, okay, like right. uh, yes. and you're curious about. I'm that. glad so, I didn't like, short sight it with. So be nice to people. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm letting a story just be what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Man. Yeah. Or letting them take it in a direction that maybe you weren't even mm-hmm. no anticipating clue. or planning that it would go um, and letting them find something in it that's interesting to them or yeah. speaks to them in a meaningful way. It's hard because it's about letting go of control like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know how well control works, <laughs> you know, raising kids. So. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and I love too, like, even thinking of that, like Claire is so little and they're, they're little minds. I think there's so much to be said too. For me, I think my emotional health and probably a lot of people, those 65 year old men that you're talking to who, you know, have pushed aside their feelings for so long. How much of that goes all the way back to when they were children Yeah, and were their emotions and their minds being valued? Right in the midst of childhood and right. it's just not and that's that's cultural i mean i think we're getting way better at that mm-hmm. um, no i do it to my kids like i try to do i try to be more open to it but there's definitely days where i think the primary if they were to be able to articulate to somebody what did your dad embody what truth did well uh, emotions are inconvenient, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that's happened way more than I want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, it's, I, yeah, for me, that's definitely default. Like I have right. to be in an intentional space in order to, you know, try to go, okay, let them feel. Yep. Like, yeah. And, and then try to even do that to yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or just like my feelings, I might be totally in tune with my feelings, but my feelings are more important and take the priority because oh, yeah, I'm yeah. the big person in the room. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we have to go soon. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we have somewhere to be. 
Why do emotions always get so intense right in that space? Yeah. I know. Oh, I have literally had that. You can feel these feelings in the back of the car <laughs> while we're driving. You can still feel them. <laughs> this is me trying so hard to honor the oh feelings that you're gosh. feeling right now. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, we just have to do it in transit because we got to go. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Dang, that's good. What, um, so you've got the book thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure to get it here is taking some creative process. Mm-hmm. What is, what is your kind of make? main creative outlet Mm, well yeah that it's definitely a creative outlet to craft the actual story time yeah it's been fun um because i well for one i learned to play the ukulele in the last year which is super fun and um i mean you guys know we've enjoyed music together for a long time. (laughs) Um, so I could, I played the guitar, um, since like middle school and the ukulele turns out is very similar. And so it didn't take too much, just a few YouTube videos. Um, so that's been very, very creative outlet. Um, and I think that I'm hit or miss with creativity. I have moments where I'm just like maybe desperate for it. And so I just make the time and I will, get out my watercolors and paint with the girls. And then I go a long time and I don't do anything. Or then one night my husband's working late. And so I put the kids to bed and I play the piano for two hours. And then he sneaks in and takes video (laughs) and posts it. And I'm like, Lindsay, why don't you play and sing more in public forums? (laughs) I know. And I'm like, when, Harry, when will I do this? Come watch my children. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know, I know. So musically, I want to be way more creative than I am. Yeah. I just want, I, so you, maybe you guys can help me with this. I feel like you have more musical connections. I got a fiddle for my birthday. Ooh. So it's, it is now tuned. My bow has been rosined. Rosined. And that's all I know. You're, you're above my fiddle <laughs> level. <laughs> so I'm done. And now I'm like, now I just sit here and look at it and dream about playing fiddle <laughs> someday. I that. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, there are a few people I know that love playing fiddle. This one lady uh, who goes to the, the church that I work at, we've played a couple of times, and I finally was like, how long have you been playing fiddle? She's like, 62 years. <gasps> I'm like, oh. Oh, my gosh. I've not even breathed that long. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Sam had a great aunt who played piano for, like, 90 years. Whoa. Taught piano, had been playing since she was... I'm guessing like four mm. <laughs> and then taught for like 70 plus years played herself for like, it wow. was amazing. Yeah. And yeah, her piano is at my mother, mother-in-law's house now and it's beautiful and right. Amazing family treasure. So when you're putting together these uh, story times that feels creative and it's figuring it out the elements. Like- yeah. Yep. Are we going to play a game? Are we going to yeah. sing a song? Um, are we going to do the story? How? And, and I try to be intentional about the stories. Like, even if we don't get huge discussions, I mean, they're from, like, generally two to seven years old. Right. Um, so we don't get big discussions. But I want to take advantage of that same impulse to be, like, we're missing an opportunity if we don't talk about feelings or we don't talk yeah. about being a better friend or being a peacemaker or being a good neighbor. Like, I'm missing an opportunity. So I try really hard to make it thoughtful in that way, too. Um, and then am I going to weave in some sort of literacy? Are we going to talk about a letter and the sound that it makes? You know, so it's just been really fun. That's cool. Kind of the same, like it feels like lesson planning or something. Right. When I was teaching. Um, ah, so yeah, so that's cool. probably the 
one of the bigger ones and then just trying to like find little space to make things right I write occasionally mm-hmm. not as often as I want to play music occasionally not right. as often as I want right. to but also just I mean you were asking about tension earlier yeah should I wait on that no that's fine I, I feel like that's a good segue what are the tensions that you find yourself in right now and yeah I feel like the biggest tension is um, I absolutely love being a work from home mom and I love being a mom just generally but the tension is like making time for me and figuring out what who, who I am, like, you know, what part of the, the part of me apart from my children, who I am, and then taking care of that part of me so that I can be a better mom, mm-hmm. like that type of thing. That's probably one of the biggest tensions in my life right now. Um, and a lot of times I'll just say, well, this is just a season. It's okay. Like someday my children will not be under my roof and I can play music and write and do whatever I want all day long. <laughs> um, and that's fine, and there's a place for that. But then I also don't need to like let something just completely go, just for the season. So right. that's one of the bigger tensions, that I think. Huge. I I think that feeding that, or and living in that tension instead of letting it go, or yeah, like and feeding that part of you that's who are you outside of that is helps. Yep. In that transition. Yep. When your kids are not around anymore, mm-hmm. because you have a sense of who you are without them yep yeah the challenge to like let your kids see who you are too and realize Mm. that you're a whole person (laughs) is so valuable too like because then they don't leave thinking like well that's what being a parent is like (laughs) yeah there's just so many other conversations with people over the years where like parents of teens from all the youth youth Mm -hmm. pastory days you know of uh going like hey my kid's really starting to struggle with this and this and this and this and it was always interesting how often the conversation lead back around to like, well, have you told your kids about how you navigated those struggles? And they're like, no, why, why would I tell them that? You know, mm-hmm. like, that'll give them permission to oh, go sure. do that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, we, uh, I think uh, this, is, I think came from Tiana last week too, just the remembering. And we were talking more from the, the, perspective of men trying to like protect the the women in their lives by like giving them a diluted version of themselves Mm -hmm. which in a way is like pandering or naming like i think women are weaker than me because Mm. they can't handle my my real emotions Mm. but i think yeah now now i'm starting to think about it with my daughters you know going like they are I think it's Brene who says like, mm-hmm. they're wired for strength and struggle. Like mm-hmm. they got what it takes Yep. and they're real people and you're real people. It's just interesting because mm-hmm. then adults being like emotional, mm-hmm. whoo, as it from a kid's perspective, it's such like a huge thing. Mm-hmm. But also I would much rather, I think, get to the space where my girls are like, no, yeah, dad's crying again. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't you think there's so much, too, though, that comes after the emotion? Oh, yes. That, like, because we, we saw adults have emotional totally. anger mm-hmm. or crying. Like, right. you know, you have that memory of seeing that parent or that adult, like, break down crying, and you're, like, completely Whoa. horrified as a kid because it's just so <laughs> out of, like, out of order. Like, no, you're supposed to have it together. But, like... I didn't get follow up, like right. any sort of conversation. It was just, I'm better now. Yeah, I'm better now. Or like, 
let's pretend that didn't happen, you know? And it's like, so there's the actual like incident of the emotion Mm. that I think is still very powerful and good for a kid to see and witness. But then I think the follow-up is just as important to then say like, yeah, that was crazy. Like I got really, really mad just now, (laughs) or I was super sad about that. And like, here's why, here's how I'm dealing with it here's it's you know whatever and and sometimes like sometimes we even as adults like especially anger i would say like that's my own personal (laughs) personal examples where i'm like okay that was wrong like i did not handle that emotion well right um and so that affords space for like apology and like here's how i'm gonna try to do better and all of that oh man the whole idea of apologizing to kids oh my gosh amazing Uh like i messed up being willing to name it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but don't you feel like that's kind of one of those weird things too where like a parent would be like why would i tell them about all those bad things i did that like gives them permission why would i apologize like that like subverts my something <laughs> authority your control, like, control. Yeah, your contro- idea of control right right, right. right. i'm d- doing all of this to try to turn out a yeah uh, yeah exactly a there's a strange kind. version of like the parenting thing that's like if i do everything right my kid has to turn out okay. Sure. And <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Doing it right means messing up and uh-huh. like owning yeah. it. And uh-huh. I don't know. I love, yeah. I love that yeah. tension. Uh-huh. Ky- Kylie and I, we've been, our, one of our goals was always like to live. I always wanted to have my kids look back and be able to sh- see that like we continue to pursue like a, a, what made us, what, what drives us, mm-hmm. like our passions. Mm-hmm. As a, as parent, like like I feel like that's a, an amazing example as they grow, grow up, mm-hmm. like to watch their parents not give up mm-hmm. on pursuing what drives them, mm-hmm. and and also live in a place of going. I'm going to try my best to be an intentional parent with you, mm-hmm. and and take parenting to a new level that I grew off, you know that that I came from, but um, but yeah, I, that's an amazing example in today's world trying to have people like as a parent like you setting an example going i'm gonna pursue like what makes me passionate like what drives me Mm -hmm. yeah um as to me is an amazing example to set Mm -hmm. before your kids because in the end you can't have your kids quote unquote turn out like (laughs) you have no control over that real really like you have guidance stuff you can give them tools right like, but turning out is, is up to them. And it's like, so giving them examples of how to live and how you might, you know, say, oh, well, at least my parent, like, my parents did that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's, you know, an yeah. example to try to set. Yeah. Well, and the <laughs> but opposite. It is attention. Well, it is and, a live in attention. And the opposite of just, like, putting on this pretend, like, I, I control all of my emotions and I never, you know, that, that's such a huge disservice to then send them out. I, I mean, it goes, it takes me back to like early like marriage counseling mm. where I remember her talking about conflict and, um, in my home conflict was very, um, we never saw it. Yeah. It was right, there right. obviously, but we never saw it. Right. Um, we felt the tension or the awkwardness mm-hmm. most of the times, but we never saw the actual yeah. discussion. We never saw the like, any resolution totally and so in my the early days of our marriage if we would fight i was like well we're done like we're just it's done over. we can't like this isn't gonna work because we're fighting so much and then it was like oh no like that's what people do and it's how you handle oh, the conflict man. and oh my gosh such like a basic 
Right. That's lesson, yeah. but. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That has 20, so. Right there, you're given a disadvantage because we grew up in the same environment of, like, it, you're missing an entire aspect of knowing how to deal with relationships. Yes. You actually have no idea how to no deal idea. with conflict. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, my kids probably get so sick of hearing me say it, but I do so much of the, like, tell her how you feel. Tell yeah. her, tell her what she just said. Say it back to her. <laughs> Did she say it right? Is that what you were feeling? <laughs> and they're just like, "Mom, oh Mom. my god, I'm sorry, I'm over this." Like, <laughs> right. they both they will jump so fast. Like, I'm really sorry, and like hugging each other because I think they're just like, "Can we go back <laughs> to play? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> we fixed this conflict, Mom. We're gonna go play. We're fine." <laughs> oh my god! Don't make us talk it out anymore. <laughs> Other tensions you're living in? Um. Maybe it's kind of similar, um, but maybe not as much in the like creative sphere. Although maybe I'm just making a like a dualism where there shouldn't be or something. But like I feel like in the last couple of years, I mean, my partner Sam is very politically active in our city, and I have become more politically active, especially in the current climate that we're in. I feel yeah. like if you're not, you're just asleep at the wheel. Mm. Um, but navigating that with young children there's a definite tension and that's very similar into like talking about like letting them see your passions, letting them see the things that fire you up, letting them see the things that you feel are unjust and what you're doing about it. Um, but they're kids. So you want them to like, you want to protect their childhood and you don't want to like expose them to things that are too mature for them and too intense and scary. You don't want them to feel like that they're at risk or that they're, you know, you want them to be able to sleep at night. Um, <laughs> and you also want them to, like, yeah, know that their voice matters and that they are can make change when mm. things are, you know, when they think something needs to change, then they're the one who has to do it. They can't sit back. So there's that tension of, like, living into it, also realizing, hmm, this event that we want to go to is, like, at 8 p.m., and that means our kids are all going to be melting down, so maybe we'll do that next year. <laughs> but you feel that sense of urgency, like, no, it's happening right now, and we have to do it, and it makes a difference, and we have to contribute to it. We have to be a voice yeah. saying that this matters, but our kids have that time. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. reality of, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, uh, so I haven't heard much about, I mean, I've seen posts, right? That's, that's yeah. what I see. Um, what does you becoming more politically active look like? For myself and my personality and the season of life that I am in, it does look like a lot of on like a lot of it is online. Discourse. Yeah. But for me, it just looks like learning and educating myself. Um, and so if there's one particular issue that I'm interested in, immigration, for example, yeah, I'm reading everything that I possibly can and mm. talking to my like, friend who's a law professor and like just reading and listening to podcasts and so that's what it turns into for me and less like boots on the ground kind of activism and also we have like no money so (laughs) who are we gonna like I wish that we could do that um because I know that that's what so many groups need right now too is just like we actually just need money to like help immigration lawyers and (laughs) you know so yeah so for me it's just like learning and educating myself so that I can either then eventually speak in a coherent way like to my kids or if the, the if the right circumstance presents itself yeah that I can speak clearly and speak truth to a very chaotic situation totally what have you read so recently important. that that's kind of shifted 
your thoughts when it comes to immigration? So for me, immigration and I would say maybe like Black Lives Matter are very connected to me because I think it, the thing that shifts or that has shifted is like how we see other human beings Mm -hmm. regardless of what they look like or where they come from. Um, As a Christian, that has a whole other level, you know, of like belovedness and like made in God's image and all of that, but just as a human being. (laughs) Um, I think that's been the shift for me is like how we talk about it, how we reduce people to issues and we reduce people to, I mean, we have heard people high in office refer to people as animals, Mm -hmm. um, illegals, like, no, they're people. And so I think that for me, like, is one of the biggest, like, kind of guiding values for myself. And it's the thing that I just like, if you're not talking in those terms, I don't have time. Like, I'm not going to learn from you. Like, this is that's just a non-negotiable and that's something that's so easily translated to my kids like in the most easy way look at other people as human beings like what are they feeling how you know when we read this story like yeah you're right they grew up in a different country yeah you're right they look different than us like they're people yeah um so that's something that i can easily lean into with my kids without it being like right anything about politics at all i mean but everything but everything about about politics yeah. yeah Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Humanity. I'm just give them the rip. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you, like, real convinced about in life? <sighs> Not much. <Yeah. laughs> and I feel totally fine with that. Nice. I mean, you guys, I know you can relate. Mm-hmm. Growing up with the sense of just ultimate certainty (laughs) and how we're told and we feel to a certain extent like doesn't it feel good to be so certain and know the capital t truth and like can you imagine being out there in the world just like (laughs) floating around not believing anything and pillaging and (laughs) (laughs) raping and pillaging (laughs) like they do in the world (laughs) yes like drugs (laughs) (laughs) and rock and roll and harry potter (laughs) (laughs) right and now I feel so much more peace and security yeah. with so much less certainty than I ever had. Um, that makes me think of Pete Enns' book, mm-hmm. which I feel like we talked about, right. The Sin of Certainty. Yes. Um, and it's just so true. What am I certain of? Um, I am certain, kind of what I was saying about immigration and Black Lives Matter, yeah. like we're all beloved. Mm. Like I can just kind of hang my hat on that and I'm not really quite sure about much else. Um, I was just reading a book about, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Jean Vignet. He had a community, he started a community in France where Mm -hmm. people with disabilities lived in community with people without functional disabilities or so-called disabilities. Um, And his his work and writing is just beautiful. Um, but he said, like, basically at the end of the day, everyone just needs to be told, like, you're good and you're meant to be here and you're beloved. And that's what everybody, that's our deepest longing. It's the only way to have community. Like, we need to be speaking that to each other. We need to be speaking to our children, yeah. to ourselves. Um, and I just feel like that's... Neighbors. That's a huge, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When's the last time I really connected with a neighbor? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, man. You're beloved. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that exposes like a, yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot of 
a lot of belief that I need to follow up with that some action there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the neighbor, the stranger. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You take that. That. You know, in the growing up as a Christian, the whole idea of like trying to add, which is like, okay, where has that gotten us? Because it's like, oh, the value comes from God. But if you're like, you're not into that, or you don't like or that's not where you're coming from mm-hmm. the idea of like where the the movement to save the planet like this is the only one we got mm-hmm. and in the end it's like we're all people mm-hmm. right. we're, the, we're, we're, we're all each other has mm-hmm. like yeah. you break it down to that that level like like we're all people we're all here mm-hmm. like yeah where all each other has and when, and it does reflect like I, the, uh, how the world goes it's sad and when the worst of us is how we end up treating right um, other other people mm-hmm. how did you get to that certainty is there a narrative there or a moment I think that it's been something deep inside um, and just wasn't always named and I think that really sadly a lot of my more religious um, the religious teaching actually undermined the deep truth that Mm -hmm. I felt Mm -hmm. and I would actually have to push down or like put at bay my, my true understanding that like wait we really are all beloved or wait, we really are all, we're in it together. Like we are a human family, that type of thing. Um, that sometimes I would actually have to push that aside or say like, well, this is just the way it is. (laughs) Or, you know, like, wait, I can't feel it. I can, I can feel it, but not too much. Or like, yeah, Imago Day. I remember when that was like the catchphrase. Yeah. The buzzword. Um, but even then, because that was even like late high school, early yep. college, where I was like, that was the buzzword. Um, and I still was pushing it down, but not in this circumstance, or but not here, <laughs> or but yeah. only when you stop acting that way, or stop doing that thing, right. or living, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, so I think I finally just got to a place where I was, I mean, not much of like a like a aha moment, but it's just been a long journey of like, nope, nope there too and there yeah, and yeah. him and her and them um hearing enough stories yeah probably right ah, that's so cool yep hearing and and believing enough stories believing enough other people's experiences um yeah to see that human human thread mm. so cool what uh what does the barefoot books thing look like six months out from now Six months from now. Hmm. Well, it's hard to know. Yeah. I think, I hope that I'm at least still doing what I'm doing. I love story time. I could see that going definitely for another six months. Um, I have, I made a connection with a little school that is kind of like a, I mean, it's a private school, I guess. Yeah, it's not like a charter school. It's a private school. Um, of small elementary school and they're doing like a they call it heartfulness curriculum this mm-hmm. year where like each month they're going to focus on like a different social emotional yeah. sort of quality to work on as a community which I just love <laughs> so I'm hoping that in the next six months I will not only be teaming up with them more 
possibly doing like a little book fair, helping them give book recommendations for all of their heartfulness stuff, but then maybe finding some other smaller communities like that. I'm never going to be the type of salesperson that's like going into some like giant elementary school like hey can I replace your scholastic book fair yeah no like that's just not where I'm at and that's fine like I'm gonna stay in my lane and but if I find a few other like smaller schools or help with like a mindfulness curriculum or Uh, oh my gosh it would be amazing so so yeah that's that's cool well how does their did you have a question I I was just gonna say I it what you're saying it just seems like you've you've you're running in your, your passion and you figured out a way to help fund that passion mm-hmm. that like works hand in hand, mm-hmm. which I think is so cool. Like it isn't when you're doing the, the sippy time, um, you know, a story time, like that, uh, like when you're talking about it, it's this thing of like, I can sense this, like I'm trying to reach out to kids mm-hmm. like in no one sense was there like a, i'm trying to sell books like <laughs> the point of this is trying to sell books but at the same time like you really do like know and knowing you too like it's like okay cool well, this this can help fund this thing that mm-hmm. can keep going and help fund yep. you know your life to to continue to do this and do something that you're passionate about yeah yeah, yeah so. that's such a cool thing to have <laughs> yeah it's it's really i i couldn't see myself doing anything else really in this season like life is too crazy with my small children one of which Mm -hmm. is special needs like there's just so so little time and like resource in my life like the only reason this works is because it's yeah that like perfect niche for me so that's so cool that's cool how does their like how how does their multi-level marketing thing work i'm not the person to ask (laughs) no it's i've never ever been afraid of like Oh, there's Lindsay. She's going to ask me to buy a book. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I was recruited by someone who's, like, in it, where she's just, like, I'm only building my team. She's, like, barely selling books. I mean, she does, but, like, because you have to, to a certain extent. But, like, um, there's either – I feel like you just come at it from two different angles. You're either, like, team building or you're, like, really passionate about literacy. Like, those are kind of your two avenues in this particular company. Um. I'm just not, if I build my team, I've had two different friends who we've had separate conversations where it's like, one's a stay-at-home mom, one's a teacher, and so it like fits with them. So then I'm like, I'm happy to talk to them about it all day long, but I'm not going to walk up to somebody on the street and be like, have you heard? Would you like to make income from home? Like, here's how I made X amount of dollars in six months. I don't know, like I'm just never going to be that person. So if it's like a natural fit, I'll have that conversation. So needless to say, I'm not like banking. Right in the way that some people really do in that structure. Um, but it's working for me. And the story time, like, I really have found this, like, way to make it work mm. with my personality uh, without feeling like I'm selling my soul. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's or tur- really good. <laughs> or turning into Sam. He could totally do this. <laughs> I'm like, can you just do this part of it, and I'll just come and play my ukulele and <laughs> just right. read the stories. <laughs> I'll read the story. You invite the families over to dinner. <laughs> yes, and sell them on the <laughs> joining my team. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Man. Um, books that you've read recently that you're like, people should read these. Mm. It's like my favorite question. Or yeah. Harry should read these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should definitely read Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Okay. Blew I'm my mind, both of you. And it's really, it's like an easy read. It's not like mm-hmm. one, you can just kind of, whittle through it and 
learn, like glean from it little bits and pieces here and there. You don't have to just like plow through it. What have I read recently? Um, I'm reading the new Jim Crow mm. right now. Um, a bunch of my friends are reading that. Right well, Tony kind of organized oh, okay. a little bit. Yes, that might there be. There you go. Ding a ling. I cannot wait to to get together with that group of women. It's going to be amazing. Um, that I had already seen the 13th documentary. Did you guys see that on no. Netflix? I think it's on the 13th Amendment. That's mm. definitely worth watching. Um, but it kind of, in a lot of ways, summarizes the book, The New Jim Crow. Um, but I'm only like a third, like a third of the way through it. But it's already like just re reinforcing a lot of things that I learned through that documentary and just different conversations that I've had. Um, a lot of mostly systemic racism. That's yeah. the big takeaway. Um, I'm also reading Jean Vignet, who I mentioned earlier, who has a community in France. He has a book called Living Living Gently in a Violent World. It's like a conversation with him and another man who's maybe like a theologian or something. Um, And I'm literally only read the intro and I'm like, (laughs) I have to read it again. I was like crying. It's just really beautiful. He, He has this way of just cutting through all of the doctrine and orthodoxy and just like the the stuff that we like to make a stand on totally to just humanity right and like this is what it means to be human and we're within theology i feel like we're able to tell ourselves so many lies to just feel more in control or feel more secure or feel more right i've got it figured out yes and but at the end of the day we're treating people really badly or or our conclusions about humanity lead us to a really dark place, even mm. though we want to say that it's right and good and true. Um, and he just cuts through all of that. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So those are two, two good ones. I haven't really read any good fiction recently. I just have not been in fiction mode, yeah. although I normally do really love novels. So. Yeah. The, la- the last one I read was another Star Wars book, so <laughs> we won't talk about that anymore. <laughs> it was... Totally pointless. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved it. I will not say anything about Star Wars because I feel like you guys, that would be like you saying something critical of Harry Potter and we would just have to be done. So. Yeah. <laughs> like, and all of our friendship is done. Yes. Yeah, so Star Wars. If, you're, if cool. you love it. Yeah. Teach it then. I care about this much for both of those. Really? So. Right. What, it, what are you reading, Tim? Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm talk about this. <laughs> I'm so excited. I gotta read your book next too. You talk, you're the, talking about the game. The game. Oh lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> this get, this book does not come across well. <laughs> trying to talk about it. I'm so excited I for you to talk about not it. Not come across <laughs> well, people. I have tried talking about it and I've stopped because <laughs> I'm like, people look at you like, what are you trying? <laughs> what? That's hilarious. Um, no. You can text me about it the later. The game, Neil Strauss, I recommend it if you're willing to look at it as story and see what's... Um, it's it's the art of attraction. That's what it's called. But it's this dude who goes through this... Who actually goes... This writer goes through this very intense... Like, he learns how, like, um, to pick up women. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, like, just down to... Oh, so nonfiction. Like, this is this like... This is nonfiction, yeah. Okay. It's, it's what was wild it? So it's like story. Hitch in real life. Yes. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yes, at, at, at a much more intense level. <laughs> okay. Um, it's very interesting, but yeah, like, uh, and if you kind of, like, it's, 
you got to see the picture, the big picture of what he's painting, and, sure. and through the to the end of it of what mm-hmm. he really like the points he's really trying to make. Uh-huh. He's, a, he's a thoughtful person, and yeah, um, it was a part of his life, um, which is very interesting. And uh, but yeah, it's been it's been super interesting this idea, and and that's the one that you want to read. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it's, it's helped me. Like, so it. I realized like. Uh, a lot of things come back to confidence. So there are a lot of things that guide your life over the long haul will mm-hmm. come back to the decisions you make. And a lot of the things, the main driver of the decisions you make will be confidence hmm. or lack of. Mm-hmm. Like you, a lot of times we make decisions based on insecurity or confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and this book is basically just like, you know, it really instills like you can choose to have confidence. Mm-hmm. And tell yourself move through it, and yeah. tell yourself a new narrative. Mm-hmm. And because I think we both insecurity is just oh like, yeah. yeah, we yeah. we live with it. And if you mm-hmm. if you talk to a guy who's insecure, I mean, one of the most intimidating things is going up and talking to an attractive woman. Like mm-hmm. on many different levels, that's like if they're not grown up that way, or that's just not normal. Like that can be very intimidating. And mm-hmm. so like getting over that place, I think it was better for society in general. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, this is like having people being able to be like, no, you're a person, mm-hmm. right? You're not a thing. You're not like, or something away up here. You're, you're a person uh-huh. right. has hopes and fears and insecurities. And, uh-huh. and I think it's interesting how it's connected to you too, through like photography, mm-hmm. like, cause you are taking pictures of people. And, yeah. and being able to figure out how to mm-hmm. navigate that and you feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And in the end, like just, you know, I want people drawn, like the end, you want people that are drawn to you. You want to have people be drawn to you, like, mm-hmm. um, because you have, a, you have something to share mm-hmm. yeah. and starting in it in the end, this point is like, you have everything you need. Mm-hmm. And, when, and when it's the mistake, like he did, is like, you go out and you look for it and you look for it in this, you look for it in that. It's like, you have what you need operate in that and like mm-hmm. there are things you can learn to make yourself better and to make yourself more attractive and to get the message out that you really want to mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah anyways it's a weird book there's a lot there there's a new book out that i would rec- um oh shoot no mm-hmm. put me on the spot um <laughs> uh i will try to find that um Oh my gosh! I'm sorry. I might have to <laughs> edit this part down. Um, <laughs> no, I do want Capt- captivate, um, and I cannot remember the author. Her the author's name. Um, I'm gonna be picking up that book now, but she's I've heard she's amazing, and huh. it, it it eliminates a lot of that like story to try to get over. Um, but she talks about a lot of the science science of being attractive and going in. Oh, and, the same. And, yeah, same kind of, kind of concept and yeah. principles mm-hmm. of walking into a room and knowing how mm-hmm. to to get out there and talk with people and get over your insecurities. And, mm-hmm. um, oh yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. Even in this, um, I feel much more confident in story time mm-hmm. than I do in my ability to promote and sell books. Yeah. Right. But then telling myself the story that no, this is valuable. It's valuable to families. Yeah. Other books are not doing this. Mm-hmm. Like right. other, um, publishing companies are not focusing on the social emotional or whatever. Like, it's a huge value. It helps families to be more peaceful and to be more connected. Um, Mm. But I have to consciously tell myself that narrative where I'm just like, Oh, I don't want to bother anybody. And I don't want to, what do I really know? And yeah, just all those stupid, that inner voice. Yeah. Yeah. 
and where my partner is one of the most confident people on the planet. And so he's just like, what's the problem? Just go do it. I'm like, can you just do it for me? <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that, that um, theme. Yep. That, uh, one of the questions we ask sometimes, too, is just uh, around the idea of what's the most kind of consistent message that you tell yourself about yourself. Mm-hmm. Positive or negative? Just yeah. whatever. I think um, there's probably an ideal version, and then there's right, what, you wake what up I actually to in the say. <laughs> right. Um, maybe I'll will start with what I actually the, the negative. Yeah. So like yeah. maybe on my on the negative side of things, I will wake up and just say like, I'm not enough. Like I just mm. can't do this. Like mm. there's not enough of me to go around. That's mostly in terms of like my kids, like just feeling like I'm I don't ha- emotionally have what it takes to like care for all of them right. <laughs> at one time. I don't think um, we've said how many kids do you? I have three girls. Okay. Eight, six, and two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. And so some mornings I just wake up feeling and I'm very introverted. And being an introverted mom is a special kind of circumstance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so if I don't make sure that I'm like really keeping myself energized I really am depleted and have nothing for them so that's like on the low like on the low side on the on my good days I am I will tell myself like um now is now Mm. you get to be here right now get to yeah Yeah. Yeah. this is um what a what a gift like that's on my like in my best moments that's what I and what I would like to say more to myself right um I, there's this um, comic that I comedian or not comedian, comic artist that I follow on Instagram because my 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 oldest is kind of into graphic novels right now. Mm. So like then I go and like fangirl over all of the like authors oh, of her yeah. graphic novels on Instagram. <laughs> anyway, um, one of them, Lucy Bellwood. Bellwood, okay. Yes, and she makes comic. She calls herself like a comic adventure or something and she draws uh, what is the like the technical term they're like big ships like massive ships that like they don't even make anymore like whaling ships and mm. stuff so she draws them technically completely accurate and like goes on them and then chronicles her adventures through comic book <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. it's one of the more obscure but she has this series that she's doing called demon dialogues where she illustrates this like cute little demon that like sits on her shoulder and like peppers her with insecurities and self-doubt and so it's like each it's like a hundred different I mean it's a hundred demon dialogues I think is the book but it's like so she has all these different self-doubts that he throws at her and then kind of how she like gets him back or how she's just like come on friend you know like sometimes (laughs) she just like welcomes him yeah Yeah. other times she like hears him more um but I love how she she has one of her like activities I saw her speak at the Ann Arbor has like a comic book festival that we went to this year and she spoke and had everybody take a little card and instead of it being like hello my name is it was like this is what my inner demon says or like my inner demon tells me dot 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 and everyone filled it out and then people are plastering them all over this wall it was yeah so awesome and so she said that so what mine was was I said um, my inner demon tells me I don't know enough Mm -hmm. like I have this constant sense of like yeah. I need to keep learning, and on my best days, it's like curious, curiosity yep. born, or like out of curiosity, I want to just grow and be a better person. On my worst days, it's like a frantic search for like yes, yeah. I don't know enough. I and because of that, I don't, I can't say anything. My voice isn't valid. My opinions aren't valid. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, all of those. <laughs> right. 
who am I? Like, I, I, I can't speak to this. Um, so reading all of those inner demons, it was just, it was so powerful. It was yeah. amazing. And she said the most heartbreaking thing she said was that the one that she sees the most across age, gender, generation, you know, um, was that my inner demon tells me um, basically, like, that no one likes me or, like, my friends are lying. Like, I'm not my really, like, even, like, the people that say they care about me, like, I really, yeah, right. I don't belong. Yeah. And I was just like, ugh. Yep. That's just heart singing because you know you felt it. Yep. And then we've all felt it. So now shouldn't we all be able to, like, oh, process that relate to each other? Like, yes. Yeah, and yeah. build that, speak into that in each other because we've all felt it. Yeah. So I think that that kind of going full circle to, like, leaning into our kids and that like social yeah. emotional piece like I want to be the voice that's speaking so much louder mm -hmm. into my kids life you belong you belong you're beloved right. you belong here we love that you're in our family we love you know those and we have to say them out loud like I feel like sometimes I'm just like oh I've only hugged them today I haven't actually verbally said right. that right <laughs> you know yeah you just it's so easy to get into a mode where you just assume or like you're like you want to assume that they know. Yeah. Because it's just what we do. Yeah. And actually hearing the words is so important. Yep. I should probably say it to my friends, too. I'm not just my I kids. Know. <laughs> and my partner and my siblings. Hey, I actually love you. I love you. <laughs> I'm glad you're in my life. Oh, my gosh. Totally. Um, Tim, do you have other questions? Well, I just kind of the wrap-up question. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was just sitting over here listening <laughs> to you. Um... <laughs> Uh, I was just kind of the wrap-up question. I'm really curious. Um, actually, I want to give you an opportunity to ask a question. Um, hopefully, people who listen when it comes out, and, and Harry and I will try to tackle it after it come, after the episode comes out and stuff. Mm -hmm. But if there's a question that you're just interested in people's feedback, if you're, um, if you're you know, or you just want to pose to have people think about mull over, um, Hmm. Question of the day-ish. Yeah. Hmm. We can come back to that, too. So this is for listeners. Yeah. To think about. Yeah, listeners, anybody. All six of them. <laughs> <laughs> All six of them. <laughs> Chad, I have a Chad. question for you. <laughs> Chad. <laughs> How many kids do you have now? I haven't seen you in so long. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? Um, hmm. Sorry. No, it's, it's no, a tricky one. Um, Can you give me an example? What is something that have you asked? Do you always end with this question? We're starting to. Oh, okay. Yeah, just um, give, go ahead. Yeah, we'd like to have it be a normal thing. Okay. Just to, to try to get, and it's not even, it's not a gimmicky thing where it's like, ask a question and everybody leave a comment. In the, oh, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. It's just like we, one, it, some of it might be helpful if you, if from a standpoint of like, I have an idea for my thing. Yeah. Oh, sure. Would it be this or this? Or based on the conversation today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What should people, is there a question you wish everybody would wrestle with? Yeah. Or, no, I like that. And it doesn't have to be, I mean, even aside from like being gimmicky, like it builds community in a sense. Right. Like I like that. That's clarifying. Um, Good job, Harry. 
Well, no, and not that you were like confusing. It was more like the con- I get it now, yeah. like the context. Yeah. Um, well, this is the whole like. This hey. will get better. <laughs> <laughs> A list of questions before the podcast would have been helpful. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's okay. I'm happy to grow along with you. Thank guys. you. Um, well, I feel like it should be something to do with books. Yeah. Like I want to just be like, "What book are you reading?" What and like book? everybody leave recommend a book to everybody in Heck the comments yeah. or something. Um, I usually like to ask uh, what's on your bedside table right now, which is just another way of saying okay. like, what are you reading right mm, now? But I feel like the bedside so table fun. is like the one that you want yeah. right there. That you can mm. like, what are you reaching for right now? Or the one that you've meant to read for two years. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or you just think it looks good. That's the one I aspire to read. That's right. So, so what's on your bedside table? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I need to go to the library because I've got about I literally, they've fallen off the bookshelf and are now a big pile on the floor. (laughs) It's embarrassing. Um, On my, like, pile by my bedside, um, the one that's in there is I've been aspiring to read The Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, Mm -hmm. just because I'm, like, sometimes I'm like, I should read classics, and then they just sit there on my bedside table and I never (laughs) read them. Um, And I also have I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, because a friend was initiating a book club that's by Maya Angelou. Um... I'm pretty sure that's a novel. I'm pretty sure. Or it's autobiographical, but in like a narrative. Um, so I've been picking that up on again, off again before bed. Um, yeah, I think those are kind of like the two, but I do seriously just need to go to the library. Sometimes I just am like, this is too unrealistic. Just take a pile of these back. You're never going to get to this. <laughs> but I also get into a season where right now I've been listening to podcasts before bed because I just can't deal with like actually reading and then falling asleep five minutes into it and having to go back and read it again the next night. So I've been listening to podcasts. Oh, yes. But sorry, I don't know if that was a good no, question. Good. I, I love it. <laughs> I'm always curious. That's my Facebook feed is filled with questions. <laughs> What music are y'all listening to? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do you like? I will tell you, I just read Lisa Gunger's book. Oh, yeah. Um, the Most Beautiful Thing I've Seen. It's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, really good. I will say I kind of blew through it because it's kind of just kind of thin and like a mm-hmm. light read. And so now I'm like feeling that feeling of like, oh, I, I should have like taken notes or something. Like, depth there. Yeah, yeah. It just, I kind of just skimmed through it. But it was very beautiful. And there were a few distinct chapters, like the birth of her daughter with Down syndrome was just mind-blowing and beautiful. Um, but then I do not, I do a really bad job of listening to new music. And I'm sure you guys Same. are really... I'm so bad about it. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, well, I got Rafi and Elizabeth Mitchell is my like folk singer that I listen to all the time with my kids. Oh, well, or Moana soundtrack. Macklemore. <laughs> well, that's way better. I seriously, I can't. I literally go back to like one Ray LaMontagne album, and that's like the most I get into like adult music <laughs> and grown up music. Right. But so I listen to the liturgists or the Gungers. One Wild Life yeah, album. That's a good album. Holy moly. It's so good. good. So I just listened to it like two times straight mm. through. Just like in the evenings when my kids go to bed. And I was like, oh yeah, this is what it's like to listen to music. new music. And good, yeah, music. This is what it, it like touches your soul. I oh. forgot that this happens. Dang, so true. Mm-hmm. My friend Noah 
Noah, get your album done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> some of his songs that I've heard in the past six months. Uh-huh. I don't think I've ever like had an excitement for an album released before. Mm-hmm. Like, this person's making an album. Mm-hmm. And I cannot wait That's for so it. That's so cool. But I've, I feel like I've seen him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I don't know him, but uh, I'll have to go look it up. ridiculous, but I love that. It's like, oh, man, this is transporting and shifting something and changing mm-hmm. something. So that's cool. awesome no I just don't feel I don't like I have the space for that yeah. I know Sam's a little better than I am but I just so I basically just listen to whatever he's listening to right. <laughs> it's like Avid Brothers and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like though in the end like taking time so like I'm the same way I listen to podcasts I'm not an avid book reader mm-hmm. like that's um so I've been doing trying to do a lot more books in audio, audio. yep because I want a, a, that more holistic picture mm-hmm. of a book than just podcasts. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, just finding like, oh, I haven't listened to music in a while. But even then, like, uh, yeah, trying to take the effort, but like just listening to music that stirs you, even if it is that old, older yeah. stuff that mm-hmm. like, it, I feel like it's good. Like it helps me kind of come like, ah. Oh, Pulls me out of my head a little bit and, mm-hmm. you know, stirs a different part of you. Yep. A different part of creativity. Nope, that's so true. And music hits a totally different note and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where do you want people to follow your stuff? Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook at Barefoot Lindsay. That'll bring up, like, my business page and I have like I'll post all my events and stuff that's probably the most consistent place that I post events but if you follow me on Instagram at Lindsay Meldon that's more of like a personal look because I also have like pictures of my kids or like it's just a more kind of a more whole picture of like me personally Um, but then obviously I am always like posting books that I'm reading books that I'm reading with my kids if you're into that sort of thing or and that's S-E-Y S-E-Y yes just my full name on Instagram yeah those are probably the two best places um and then for the like one person that maybe is interested in the books you can just do barefootlindsay.com okay and that would actually be take you to like my book page sweet cool and then if there's anybody most of our listeners are in Toledo mommy that kind of thing yeah if there's anyone who wants to experience Coffee cup, just follow you there. Yep, I'm at Sip Coffee in Cricket West every Saturday at nine thirty. That's my most consistent thing. <laughs> you've been, you. yeah. you've been? Oh, yeah. oh, sweet man. Yes, Claire was there last weekend. I saw her for a second at the end. Um, yeah, that's the most consistent place that I go, and then my other events and stuff are just on Facebook when I'm random places. But I've been like, I come to like birthday parties. Like, oh, okay. gotcha. <laughs> I've done it for all yeah. different kinds of random anything that you think like I have a bunch of squirrely little kids that I need to like <laughs> sit down for like thirty or forty five minutes. Right. I can come and entertain them. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's super cool. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. Anything yeah, else you want to talk about? I mean, of course, but no, this was so fun. It was really fun. Thanks for inviting me to Thank do it. Thank you for coming. I really, really appreciate it. And just, yeah, it's so good to talk to you after big gaps of time. I know. I it's agree. So fun. I always feel that way when I connect with you guys. Yeah. Thank you.